Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. We're sitting down with the one and only Ricardo Amendolia today to give us a rundown and the real inside look at the latest and greatest in the BJJ world. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like what you're seeing and you want to see and help and support the featured athletes, coaches, and guests, make sure you subscribe and share. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis stop, look no further than Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. With his knowledgeable staff, you're going to be able to find all the THC and CBD products of the highest of qualities. Online curbside pickup is available, but in-store purchases are available as well. Don't forget to like our Instagram and their Instagram, and you'll save some money. We are also sponsored by Project XGuard. Project XGuard is an amazing program, helping underprivileged youth get connected with jiu-jitsu throughout the GTA and continue to do so. If you know anybody who would benefit from the gifts of jiu-jitsu in their life, make sure you contact us or Project XGuard and help them get some started with some amazing instructors. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening, and enjoy the show. Thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. We have a special friend of the show today. We brought him back for a second episode. It's awesome. Ricardo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys. You know, I, I saw the views of our last podcast. I think it was like 900,000 or something like that. Uh, you know, just a little bit more than Greg King's. <laughs> might, have been, might, have been, might have been closer to negative 900,000. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a cue out of David Aguzzi's uh, playbook here, but by exaggerating, but anyways, um, you know, I just, you know, thanks for having me back guys. You guys are awesome. Um, you know, killing it out there, connecting the Canadian community or what's left of it. And, uh, man, I'm happy to be on. I seen you guys starting to dabble in some touchy subjects. So I thought maybe, uh, I'll give you guys an ed educated source here of information. So lay it on me. What's going this, on this, guys? This is why we wanted to bring you back because there, there's been a lot of controversy has that has, has happened that we, we have discussed been. and I wanted to get your take on your end of what's been going on and what's been going on from like a flow grappling standpoint, from a Ricardo standpoint, so first yeah. off, how have you been and uh, what's a lot of interesting stuff that's happened the last couple of weeks? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been good. You know, I thank uh, goodness, you know, gyms are open again and I've been able to go to the gym, work out, not jujitsu. Um, our jujitsu school will be reopening at a local place called Global Martial Arts, which is like two minutes close to my house. So it's amazing. Um, and I'll be uh, one of the coaches there once everything's back up and running. So I'm super happy about that. Um, you know, with flow, just been, you know, super busy. I got my show. I just did episode 25 of my podcast with Nachelli Jesus this week. It was awesome. She was probably like the best female guest I've had because I think some of the other females are a little more intimidated, you know, and she just, she just spoke and, and she has a great story. So that was cool. You know, she fought at who's number one against Gabby Garcia, who's number one, obviously a touchy subject. I know you know, we, we've kind of chatted about this, uh, on the Instagram and, you know, a lot's, uh, 
Yeah, a lot's been happening. Jiu-jitsu, I think, you know, I think the COVID era and everyone being cooped up at home has just, I think it hit a boiling point, you know, two weeks ago with our, with that event. And, uh, and, and it's not just that it's, it's that, you know, the stuff happened at who's number one. Now you got Isaac Baez and the Brazilians declaring war on America and all this stuff <laughs> because of the American <laughs> jiu-jitsu thing. And it's just, Oh man, the internet has just gone wild this week. So I'll let you guys you know, you pick you pick the topic, and I'll I'll give you my take. Let's let's do that way. All right. So, like, I think let's start off. Um, let's just kind of like have your insight to the best of like. Obviously, things have been boil been coming up to that boiling point, especially with uh, a lot of chatter with Gordon Ryan, Andre Galval. But I mean, like, the best way that you can kind of like, do you think this is like the tipping point? Like, we've kind of come to a close, or are we just getting started on this whole thing? I don't know, man. Um, I know that personally, I think that up until that incident happened, I, I really think that Galvan wanted the match, but I think after that, I don't think he does anymore. I think he does inside, but I think he, I think he realized that like, you know, part of the deal, part of the package, part of the buy-in of taking that match is you're going to have to put up with Gordon's shit for, another year and a half and uh, he even said it after you know it's like trash talk is not it's 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 not good for your soul you know like it, it really it's draining you know and to sit there and you know to see what he was doing was kind of out of character I, I you know if you've ever met Andre he's a great guy I've spent a lot of time with him and I just saw like a lot of what he was doing was out of character and I think you know and I think you know, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, when you get involved in the trash talk, it's either you ignore it or you have to fight back. And if you fight back, you don't know how it's going to end. You know what I mean? It could, it could explode in your face or you could win, but uh, he's not normally like that. You know, like him, the Mendez brothers, they were for years, they never answered any of the haters online, but I think they just got kind of sick of it. And now they're just like, whatever. So they were answering back and, um, yeah, the thing just kind of blew over and, you know, the, the big incident happened. And, you know, since then, Andre's kind of come out and apologized and he's kind of gone radio silent since then. So I, I feel like that match might be done. I, I feel like that's, that could be over. And um, now it's up to ADCC to decide who would be the next uh, suitable opponent for Gordon Ryan. So I did a video on this on my YouTube channel. I'll, yeah, I'll we watched it. Watched it. It was a very well done video. Uh, like you. and subscribe. Thank you. Hopefully, well, we could throw the link in the description here. But anyways, uh, absolutely. So basically, basically, like if you go, and I'll kind of just recap it. But if you go by the history of ADCC, there's two more, you know, likely, uh, you know, possible opponents. One would be Felipe Pena. The second would be Bushesha. But then you know, looking at Mo Jassim's, uh social media lately. He's thrown out some, you know, mystery pictures of Hodra Gracie, Fabrice Verdum. So who knows? You know, I, I mean, anything could happen. I, you know, I chat with Mo quite a bit, so I can't really say too much about what I do know. But all I could say is the next ADCC is going to be crazy. I know I said this last time to you guys, but um, I don't know, man. I, I don't. It's like 
it doesn't it, I, I almost feel like it it's like whoever takes the match whoever they end up getting is just gonna make it amazing anyway so mm-hmm. yeah just you know we'll see what happens I have another potential suggestion that I don't think was brought up. And I believe this man also has a win over Gordon Ryan and Nogi, uh, Leandro Lowe. Yeah. I think, I mean, the problem with Lowe is that that's all he's done, you know, uh, in Nogi, you know, he is yeah. in Gi, he's phenomenal. And, and, and you're right, but he doesn't ha- like the way ADCC works is, is like, you've had to have been like a champion for them to like bring you back to do that match. You can't just be a guy that like won the super fight in the West coast or won the trials or something, you know, they want like the best of the best. And that was one of the things that the organizers told me personally, personally, I agree with you. I think that seeing Gordon and and Leandro um, fight again would be amazing. I think it'd be a totally different fight. I think that Gordon is a completely different animal you know, Gordon was at that event. He wasn't even there to fight. Uh, Leandro was supposed to fight Braulio, if you guys recall. Yep. And right before Bra- the match, Braulio pulled his hamstring. And then, you know, they were like, shit, what do we do? And Gordon was there and he's like, I'll fight him. So they worked out a last minute deal. Gordon ended up taking the match. He lost by takedowns. You know, he didn't get, you know, guard passed or any submission mm-hmm. attempts. And, um, I feel, you know, with no game plan, you know, that was pretty ballsy of him to do. Um, but I feel like now he's just a completely different animal. And I, yeah, like I almost feel like that one is like good for like a super fight show or like ADCC trials, but not for the big show. They need to have like, you know, they either need Pena, somebody that's beaten Gordon twice, or Bushesha, who went the distance, which, you know, he only essentially lost by penalty or you know hodger or even verdum somebody it's got to be somebody super gonna be a top tier somebody somebody who's won adcc previously somebody who has like maybe an absolute title exactly exactly so all four of those guys have all won adcc uh hodger won you know verdum won a couple times so if it's going to be anybody it's probably gonna be one of those guys um, one thing is like you were on you were on the Instagram. People were talking, and obviously they, well, Gordon, you know, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, or and then you chimed in, and there was a point where you said like, hey, like the 2019 season that Gordon did was probably one of the best Nogi performances we've seen. Yeah, right. Can you can you kind of elaborate like what you meant by that, especially on that comment? Sure. I mean, a lot of people want to comment uh, uh, you know with gordon like you know there's jock riders on every team right so like you know i come from i'm like an atos you know mendez brothers team so of course i'm going to hold those guys near and dear to my heart but i can't deny the fact that what that kid did it was like 2018 to 2019 double gold at nogi pans ibgjf and double gold at ADCC all within 12 months. I don't think that anyone else in the history of grappling has done that. And of course people are going to be like, yeah, but he didn't win IBGGF worlds in the Gi. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he did. What I'm saying is nobody in no Gi has done that. None of the other uh, guys that have won double gold have gone and won no Gi worlds the same year not nogi pans within a year and all those things and i and you know it's it's a it's a weird thing you know because it's like 
you know, Gordon has said, like, I don't want to do the gi. I don't like it. And there's, you know, I'm going to be the best no-gi submission grappler there is. He made that declaration and he achieved it, you know. And um, But, you know, the haters will always come back and say, well, yeah, but you never won gi worlds. And it's like, okay, you know, like, you got one. <laughs> like, I mean, you got to – and I agree. Yeah, he didn't win no-gi world. I would love to see – him in a gi match or a gi tournament one day, but like that's not his thing. He's not saying he's the greatest at that. He's literally saying, I suck at the no, he doesn't say I suck at the gi. He's like, I just hate the gi. He's like, I, I you know, yeah. it's not my strong point. He, so, his, fo- his focus is no gi submission grappling. If, exactly. if his goal is to be the best no gi submission grappler in the world, he's primarily going to focus on yeah, no exactly. gi submission grappling and no gi submission grappling tournaments. Exactly. And you basically mentioned ADCC, EBI, IBJJF, yeah. C3PO, R2D2, WNO, you yeah, name it. He's, he's won it. Yeah, and, and and with like I said, it's and it's important to know all within one year time. That was what really, really, because it's like one thing to win like you know Nogi Worlds in 2012, and then five years later, you know Nogi Pans, and then eventually you get like one ADCC or something, right? Which is amazing, you know. Don't kid yourself. But to do all of that in one year, and I'll be honest, like you know, I was at ADCC. Uh, he didn't show up for the for the the pre event stuff because he was super sick and like he almost went to the hospital. His hand was swollen like this. Like it's, it's funny. Cause it's like him and Coyotera feels like every time they're like about to die and then they go and have these like amazing competitions. You know what I mean? Like they, something always terrible happens to their health, but then they go and win in amazing fashion. It's just, it's, it's so crazy, but man, you know, it, no one can dispute it, you know? And, there's a big argument going on, like, oh, why doesn't he do IBGGF? Or why doesn't he do points? And why doesn't he do this? And, you know, he pretty much said it to me. He's like, look, I went out and did that. I said I was going to go do it. I did it. I said I was going to go do Nogi Pans. I did it. I said I was going to go do Nogi Worlds. I did it. I said I was going to do ADCC, and I did it. I want all of them. So now I get to call the shots. You know what I mean? So how can you argue? I mean, you know, if that if and if, if you don't want to argue with that, if you feel like he has no clout or leverage to argue with it, then don't say anything. It's simply as that, just ignore. But the guys on the other side, they can't because it burns their ass a bit. You know what I mean? They, they hate. <laughs> it's burning them. a hole in their exactly. soul. So they have to say something, you know? So they, they have to come back with, yeah, but you never won Gi Worlds. It's, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. But he never said he was the best at that. So, I mean, again, you know, um, it's, it's challenging, right? Like, it's like, how do you how do you really say who's the goat or like the greatest of all time? You know, I, I have to acknowledge the fact that somebody like Hodger, winning you know ADCC and IBGGF Worlds, definitely puts him in a, another cachet. But he never did Nogi Worlds at the time. Like I don't know. Like maybe it's it's one of those weird things. Like he did this, but he didn't do that. But Gordon did this, and he didn't do that. So it's like, what do you say? You know what I mean? But it, it's. It is what it is, man. Like, there's always going to be haters for all the best. You know, even Michael Jordan had haters. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, so, like, on touching with Gordon Ryan, then. Yeah. Where So he has – he's won pretty much everything that there is to win. Where does he go from here? I mean, uh, I think right now he's pretty focused on doing super fights. Um, he's, you're probably going to see him at a lot of who's number ones. Um, because he, he personally likes that rule set. He likes the 
30 minute uh, or no time limit rule set. And that's pretty much what he said he's going to do from now on or ADCC rules because he feels like those are the two kind of like truest set forms of competition for submission grappling. I can't disagree with him on that. And um, I think he's just going to keep doing some who's number ones until ADCC. And then I don't know. I, I mean, he said he would do MMA at some point, but I think he kind of reevaluated that situation after looking at how some of these MMA fighters, like, you know, they don't really have too much going on for them. Like some of them were like, whether they have uh, you know, brain injury or they're just don't have a dime or a pot to piss in or window to throw it out of, you know, like they just, it's not, it's not the, it's not the illustrious career that we all think it is. You know, you have to have a backup plan and it feels like what he's doing is, is building up this huge second stream of revenue and making the fight purse not as big, but you know, one kind of feeds the other, you know? So I think once he either decides to go to MMA, he'll probably be well off, um, you know, probably having a school and I know he's talking, you know, about opening up something in Puerto Rico. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're just going to continue to see him do a lot more of these super fights, these Nogi super fights. I've, I've spoken to him about a bunch of different possibilities. He wants all the best guys, you know, but not the problem is this is like, he wants to fight all the best guys. He's never turned down a match with like anyone other than Kynan. Um, and, you know, he wants to do it at 30 minutes or no time limit or ADCC rules. Not everyone wants that. Not everyone wants to do that. Some guys are like, oh, yeah, I'll do it, but IBJJF. And it's like, oh, he doesn't want to do that. You know, so it becomes this issue. Like, who wants to, do, who wants to fight him at his own rule set and beat him? Not many people have stepped up to the plate. You know, Wagner is the, new, is, is the last guy to do it. So we'll see that happen in a couple weeks. Um, you know, and Wagner's, you know, super cool, tough dude, very, very tough. And I mean, he's got nothing to lose here. He's supposed to lose this match, but even if he lasts 30 minutes, you know, that's, it's incredible. So yeah, he's, he's, he's in a, he's in a tough situation cause he can't take, I mean, he's open to taking fights, but not too many people are stepping up, but I think you're just going to continue seeing him, you know, kind of reigning in the super fight, uh, kingdom there, you know, continuing to, to tap guys out in that format for a while why do you think that is that guys just won't like the idea that dethrone the king is you you fight him in his rule set and you kick him out and guys are just not willing to take that match and they're just no i, I want to do it on my rule so they're always trying to change it and so it savors them is it just well, i think or is I think, it i don't think it's i think it's like this like okay like i think it's like a what's what do they say the pink elephant in the room right Nobody wants to say this, but the idea of jujitsu and grappling as being like going out there and submitting somebody each and every time we've all come to realize and respect the fact that there are people that go out there and um, can win matches without submitting people and do it in dominant fashion, perfect fashion. And does that depreciate their value if they don't submit every single person? No. So there's a lot of guys out there that are incredible athletes, competitors, players, but they're not necessarily amazing submission hunters or submission grapplers or finishers. It's like, it's like boxing, you know, like if you look at boxing, Floyd Mayweather is a beautiful counter boxer. Um, I don't know how many knockouts he has, but like, 
I, not, I imagine it's high. Not a lot. No, okay. Not a lot. So, but I imagine like, but that's my point. Like, does he need to knock out everyone? There's a beauty in what he does by scoring, right? So I feel like that's the same thing with jujitsu. So what's happened is, is we've we've strayed away from the whole submission um, as the primary objective and created these athletes and these competitors who are good at, um, you know, passing takedowns, sweeps, taking the back. And I've had, I've had conversations with a couple of them last week and I, I won't say their names, but they, they told me they're like, yeah, like, you know, there's more to jujitsu than just submission. I'm like, no, there isn't, you know, but, but in that world, but in their world, you know, but that's the thing, like in their world, you can't also knock them because they're a world champion. They're you know winning, what I mean? Right? So, and they're winning, you know, at the highest level. So you can't depreciate their value. So what's, what's happened is, is we've, we've, in essence, um, we haven't done it, but the sport has created these two different types of athletes. And mm-hmm. one is the submission hunter who, you know, wants to be the guy like Gordon or just, you know, submit everyone and only do sub only and not really caring. And that's amazing. You know, that, that's awesome. Uh, and then there's the other guy, you know, the, you know, the sport, you know, sportive competitor and what's, what's better, you know, like, I, I don't think, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, it should be always be able to submission, but I mean, you look at a guy like Leandro Lowe, you know, his, his technique is amazing, you know, like, um, there's so many guys I can name that maybe they didn't finish everyone, but their technique and their passing and their sweeps and everything, it's just incredible. So it's not that they suck, but it's just, that's not their thing anymore. And the sport has evolved and expanded so much that, you know, we've added all these different rules and ways to score. So it's, it became harder and harder for everyone to just submit everyone all the time. So, you know, it's, it's a weird discussion to have you know so i think it might to answer your question sorry i went on this rant but i think i think at the end of the day like you know there's certain guys out there that become specialists in strategy and takedowns and sweeps and they know that they cannot go there and you know throw all that out the window because it's all they've been training and you know they know that if they fought gordon with those elements in play they would win because they have much more experience in the tactical, in the, you know, in the strategic uh, play and not so much as the technical submission oriented play. So I think that's why some of these guys are like, well, I'm not a submission hunter. I acknowledge that. They don't want to say that publicly, but by, by them saying, let's do IBJJF, that's kind of what they're saying because, and again, you know, it's not to discredit them, They've built their whole career. You know, they're, they're doing seminars. They're selling DVDs with it. They're making their money. So who cares, you know, but, but unfortunately that's why we have this sort of uh, challenge with, with getting Gordon, um, you know, fights uh, or maybe, you know, the best guys come and go to fight Gordon that we all want to see, you know, the guys like Leandro and, you know, uh, all these other guys that we want to see him fight. So uh, that's the problem. I think. I think it comes down to, like basically you, you, you kind of you said the pink elephant, it's the rule set. I think it's cause you have somebody like Leandro Lowe, for example, who doesn't have a lot of ADCC experience, for example, he only competed in 2017, but he's done so many IBJJF events, like you exactly. know, Pan Am's worlds, millions of tournaments in Brazil. And like, he's probably in that category of like, 
you know, tactical, you know, smart, using the rules to his advantage. Yeah. It, does that make him a lesser fighter than somebody else or competitor? No, it doesn't, no. not necessarily. No. But I, I guess the, the question is when, how do you, how do you blend the two? Like, how do you get like a bridge across from one side to the other to kind of, you know, keep the sport, I guess, progressing, or is it just moving in the direction of just, okay, forget about all the other stuff. It's we're hunting for the submission. Go. We're hunting for the knockout. Go. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the ultimate, you know, the best answer there is ADCC because ADCC, you know, the first half of the match is no points. So the sub only guys have a chance. And then after that there's points. So the point players can win. And I think that's what makes it so special because it's the only competition where you see both of those types of athletes that I mentioned go in and compete on the same stage. You know what I mean? Like you won't see um, submission fighters necessarily at every Nogi Worlds like you do ADCC, you know, and and vice versa. You know, you won't see sub-only guys at at Nogi Worlds as much. So um, I think they, you know, with the growth of ADCC, we're probably going to start seeing more of those kind of crossover matches between those two styles of athletes. Um, with the growth of jujitsu, I mean, like, let's be honest, like professional jujitsu right now is, I, I, it's it's crazy because like we're in the middle of a pandemic kind of still, and it's it's bigger than it's ever been before. You know what I mean? Like it really is. Like if you think of all how many events there are, um, what these guys are getting paid now the DVD sales, the set, like all that stuff and all this during a pandemic. Are you kidding me? Wait till like, you know, the gates start opening back up and, you know, we start doing, you know, uh, large scale events with audiences again. Like it, it, you know, we're, we're on a, we're going to have a big rebound, you know, with, with professional submission grappling. So um, yeah, sports just keeps growing. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm just happy to be, you know, kind of involved in it as much as I can. So let me ask you this, especially when we look at like growing and bigger, bigger, bigger is better in the whole deal. So when we talked about the AJA versus the Brazil, right? Yeah. Like if that were something to ever happen. Oh, like, like that American Jiu Jitsu? Yeah, the American Jiu Jitsu. American Jiu Jitsu. Guns. Yeah, the freedom, American Jiu Jitsu versus Bald Eagles. Brazil, right? Now, like kind of like your honest assessment because obviously like there's the wish list of what you want and then what you actually get are two different things but like what do you actually think it would take whether it being money athletes to make something like that happen so there's a number of different reasons why i think it's going to be challenging for this to happen um the rule set number one because a lot of the guys that are right now you know asking for this event won't do the same rules that the guys that they want to fight will do. So they want, you know, <laughs> we're right back to square one. <laughs> exactly. so, so it's, it's man, I'm telling you, it's the rule set. Number one, it's the location. Number two, because um, not all Brazilians can get into the United States and not all Americans can get into Brazil. So that's why um, these guys proposed that there was an event in Mexico, but it's like, Who's going to pay for that? Are you just going to go on the beach and show up and get a video camera? Like that's yeah. like, it's like, that's the thing. Like sometimes it's be guys, realistic. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, okay. Yeah. You could do that. You could find like a pro wrestling gym and, and do it, but is that what it deserves? No, man, this yeah. thing deserves a real, like when I see this, I see like, you know, 
an American team and I see a Brazilian team and I see them coming out with like, uh, like track suits and I see a, a flag and I see the national anthem and I see them, you know, like I, that's how I envision it, but there's, it's not the right time. And um, I've been talking to a couple different promoters about it, about how to do it. And there are some wheels in motion, but it's going to take a little time. You know, it's not going to be the way um, that everyone thinks. I think the thing is, is that um, this concept and this idea was, it kind of stemmed from this American jiu-jitsu documentary that, you know, we at Flow yeah. put out, right? And I think w- this is the reality of the situation. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, 90, I'd say 95% of the people that are like, hating the documentary um didn't see it they saw a trailer they saw the name of it and they saw the social media but they didn't watch it did you guys watch it by any by chance? I, I watched it when it when it, when it was on youtube i watched it yeah. so if you see the ending of the, the documentary the same guy that was basically saying like f yeah i'm american jiu-jitsu at the ending of the whole thing he's like we're all just jiu-jitsu man he's like if you want to call it brazilian call it brazilian you want to call it america he's like call it america like he doesn't like that's the thing. So I think what happened was that video and, I, and the guy that made it, he's a, he's a sweet guy, like super nice guy, Reed. And um, the idea was, is he wanted to create a conversation piece because, you know, we got the guys at Daisy Fresh, they're, they're saying they're American Jiu-Jitsu. And he's like, what's that? Then Keenan comes out with this American Jiu-Jitsu and he's like, you know, so then we started to ask people and, and that's what the, the thing was about. It was supposed to be a conversation piece. It wasn't a declaration. So what happened was you get all these Brazilians, you know, some of them, which I'm not like, you know, my, I love Brazil. My wife's Brazilian. I have all my friends, a lot of Brazilian friends, but like some of these guys can't speak English. So they just see American jiu-jitsu, the word. And they're mm-hmm. like fucking Americans, you know, they're saying <laughs> Americans. <laughs> they're, they're, they're literally ah, like, they're, ah, you're, they're, taking yeah. our, you're taking yeah. our jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, they're take, they're saying that American jiu-jitsu is better. And it's like, no one's saying that, you know what I mean? Like, and in reality, like the whole documentary is like, like, let's be honest. Like when I think of American Jiu-Jitsu, when I think of what American Jiu-Jitsu represents to me, I don't think of any of the guys in the documentary. The guys that I think of are um, Matt Hughes, Jeff Monson, the Nogi wrestlers that learn leg locks, mm-hmm. um, even Eddie Bravo. Yeah. But I don't think of, like Keenan's lapel, that's not American Jiu-Jitsu. That's bullshit. That's just a Keenan. <laughs> that's a key. That's a Keenan marketing tool that he used the documentary for, right? And Mikey, like that's that's not American Jiu-Jitsu. So it's like anything that Keenan says is just marketing for his gym, right? But when I think when I think of American Jiu-Jitsu, it's it's you know the guys like Mark Lehman. It's those original guys that took the gi off Chris Brennan. That were like, I don't need yeah. the traditional Brazilian uniform, Eddie Bravo, and I'm gonna go wrestle and then do the grappling. That to me, that's American jiu-jitsu, you know. So anyway, so I think what happened was some of these guys on the internet, they got really excited, they got really hot, they got really emotional from this American jiu-jitsu documentary. Um, then you know, that started to build that in the in, in you know on social media, they started saying, What? Amer-? Like they don't even know what it's about. They're like American jiu-jitsu. You know, then people start saying, yeah, they probably said this. And then it's like, you know, the telephone game, right? Everyone just assumes things. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Galvao um, incident happens. And then all of a sudden, like some of the Brazilians are saying, 
well, that wasn't that was a slap to Brazil. Like they they're taking it like personally. <laughs> so they were like, oh, he represents America. He represents an AJJ. And when all that happened, because like the guys who made this like uh, this declaration this week, uh, Isaac Baez and Gaudio, they literally said that they're like, oh, you know, like uh, Gordon slapped Galvao, and that's you know, like they they reference that. So it's like they're lumping together. Um, the American Jiu-Jitsu documentary, the trash talking that American athletes do, because the thing is, in Brazil they don't have trash talk. Do you understand? So like, no, it's a, it's a different cultural yeah, thing. Like yeah, if like, you're if you're saying stuff about someone's mom, expect yeah. to expect to throw down. Yeah. Versus exactly. like you know, I yeah. I bust on Aaron all the time for. I mean, it's yeah. Aaron. Come on. Yeah. If you say it like. <laughs> If you if you trash talk in Brazil, like that's a declaration of war. So mm-hmm. when they see all these Americans, they're cocky and they're you know saying all these rude things, and then all of a sudden they're saying, "Oh, we're better than Brazilians." And then all of a sudden they see you know Gordon like you know loud and in your face and flipping the bird, and then all of a sudden there's a slap. They take that as an offense, so they're like, "Okay, well now we want to go to war with America." So that's how they kind of. <laughs> That was their answer. They came with this like declaration, and then and then when they, they what happened was these guys made some social media posts, and then uh, a buddy of mine, Sinistro in, in uh, California, he was like, "Oh, cool idea!" So he made a poster, and he yeah, was I like, saw that. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I was like, "Oh, right on." They put who's number one. They didn't put uh, you know anyone else. So I was like, "Okay, cool." And at first, I was like, "Man, this is an awesome idea," but then when I started to see the comments and how. Um, how volatile and how emotional and how toxic it got. I was like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. I don't think this is a good idea. I think cooler heads just need to prevail. And um, one of the promoters that the guy that runs BJJ stars in Brazil, he has an idea to do an event where it's like five gi matches, five no gi matches, mm-hmm. but his intention will be to promote like peace between the cultures. Like, it's not going to be like a declaration of war and like, this is the battleground and this is our first, you know, encounter. It's more going to be like, okay, let's just have a fun dual meet, you know, of America versus Brazil, because I'll be honest with you, like the chances of the, the, the matches that you saw in that poster happening are like one in a million. Like you're going to have to find another, Sheikh Mohammed that's going to put out a million dollars to make it happen because you you it's just going to cost too much money not just the athletes but to convince the athletes to all agree to do a rule set that they don't want to do it, it's going to be next to impossible so um yeah like I said I I think it's a cool idea but I think the tensions are a little too hot right now for that I think oh, yeah. down the road because they what they used to do like uh, in Brazil they used to have like a Rio Sao Paulo uh, friendship cup they would have like the team from rio come to sao paulo and fight was it, was it actually called the, the friendship cup yeah yeah it was cool yeah yeah and then they had uh they had this event called uh i don't know it was it was japan against the united states no japan against brazil so they brought mm-hmm. like five brazilians to japan and they did this in the past but they did it with like respect and honor I mean, I don't know if, you know, Gordon going there, going like this is going to be the way to go <laughs> right now, you know. I think, but I do think there is a way, you know. I do think that, um, you know, there is a way to do this. Uh, it's just, it needs timing. 
really good planning and good financing to execute. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. You've been a promoter in the past and you've seen a lot of things happen recently with promotion when it comes, you know, you know, Gordon flipping the bird, for example, and talking copious amounts of shit on social, social media. Um, what is your take on that promotional method? And then there's the, you know, we talk about like, you know, the respectful methods, kind of different ways of promoting, like, what's your take on the whole thing? Like what's, what's necessarily good for the sport? What should we be promoting? What maybe what's too far, what's not far enough? Well, I mean, I think we all know what's too far is like when it starts to get really vulgar and really like, you know, if any racist stuff comes out, I think that that's probably mm-hmm. too far, but I mean, I'm never going to be the guy that's saying like, yeah, like trash talk is great for the sport. I'm never going to be that guy. Um, but I will say, um, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you are a guy that is just going to let your jujitsu do the talking and you can't speak, you can't promote and you can't market and you can't hype yourself, you, you're not going to do the numbers and the promoter will not have the uh, uh, more access to funds to give you. So the, so the more you promote, the more people come and watch the, the product or the event and the more the promoter can give you. Does that make sense? Where yeah. Yeah. some of these guys, like, you know, you, you put a mic in their face and they're like, oh, I'm just going to, I don't say anything. I'm just going to let my talking on the, on the competition, you know, whatever. And that's cool too. But I mean, that like as a promoter, they're, they're paying you for you to fight, but also for you to promote. So if that's through sharing a poster, if that's through making your own videos, you got to do something and because the more people are interested in watching you, the more views get, and then it's reciprocal. Then, it, you know, then the more the promoter can call you back and give you more, you know what I mean? If you're there and you're boring and you don't say anything and no one wants to see you, the promoter is going to see that in the viewership and people, you know, the buys, and then he's going to realize, okay, well that didn't work. So maybe I just don't have you back. So I guess my um, actually Gordon Ryan did a really good explanation of that on my podcast that I had with him on flow. If you guys should check it out, like he explained it so well. Um, I'm not going to try to paraphrase him, but, but yeah, I think, I just think that like, you got to market, you got to hype the fight. You know, if there's a match, you got to be able to hype it. If you, and, and hype can be, you know, trash talk or it could just be hype, you know, like, I mean, there's like Gilbert Burns, um is a perfect example like he's constantly putting social media out there you know like and he he jokes around with guys and he's like oh man i'm gonna kill him but he says it with a smile so he doesn't say anything like terrible you know what i mean or you can be clever with your your promotion like a khabib you know he's pretty clever he's you know at what he does but he does do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he doesn't he doesn't talk trash but he does do it maybe maybe he hired a, a marketing manager for him i don't know but he does it. So you, you got to be able to market. You got to help the promotion. You got to help the promoter out. Um, but yeah, there is a line, obviously you don't want to cross where it's, you know, getting the, the wrong things involved. So I'm all for hyping an event. I, I, you know, I've had to push athletes and fighters to do it before and work with them on that. And I'm not really necessarily into the trashing, but I do, you know, let's be honest here. Like, did you want to watch Connor? Um, when he was in the first two fights in the UFC just because he was awesome 
or did you want to watch him after he threw the dolly? We kind of all want to watch him. You know, we all we all kind of wanted to, you know, like as 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 shameful as it is to to, to admit, you know, that's just how it is. It's like when you drive and you see the car wreck, you know, you 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 want to slow down and see it. So, you know, and I'm not saying everyone has to do that because then it's it's stupid, you know. Like there's guys that do it; they try to be Connor, and they just come off stupid. Like AJ Agassiz's arm is like, you know, I like AJ like outside of what he does, like hanging out with him I've, I've hung out with him in like argentina and, and whatever like he's a cool guy outside of that but when it comes to like his promotion it's almost like he does it so hard that people don't even get it and it looks so yeah fake. It's, so, it's so fake yeah like, so he, he just he's just trying too off. hard he's trying yeah. too hard almost yeah to... yeah exactly exactly so like where i've had conversations with like dylan danis um about like what he does and how he does it and it's all strategic everything he does so, you know, and he doesn't even have to say anything. He was just like, like, like the guy like literally shared one video of mine on Instagram. All he did was said, check this out. And I was like, really? 20,000 views in one day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was insane. Like 20,000 YouTube videos. And literally all he said was check this out. So there's guys that know how to utilize um, their social media very subtly. And then there's guys that maybe they have to put a little more work in because they don't have as big a reach, but, but you got to be able to do it. You got to be able to do something, you know? So I'm all for hype, not necessarily the really, really bad trash talk, but like I said, closed mouths don't get fed. Absolutely. I would say one uh, example of somebody who's using social media really well right now is Craig Jones. <laughs> and oh, some of his ridiculous videos that he's put out. One where uh, he's wearing an OnlyFans rash guard. He's yeah. uh, going to the bathroom. He may be oh, um, wiping himself but, with a Mateus Denise uh, DVD thing, cover. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like, like comedy. Okay, so look at that. He's doing something, right? He's not He's not, he's not, he's not flipping the bird. He's not like, you know, fighting. He's not doing anything terrible, but he's utilizing his reach, utilizing comedy to get people to look at what he does and say, shit, this was funny and share it with their buddy. Right? Like that's exactly what's happening. Everyone's going to share a Craig Jones video because they're hilarious. I love them. So it's like, and now you know that whatever he does, it's probably going to be funny. So you're going to see whatever he says. So he, he, he knows what he's doing. And what he's doing is he's hyping another Mateus match because he's lost twice to him and he wants, to, you know, he's he's basically hinting to, to us that he wants another Mateus match, which is cool. Um, but that's another way to hype the fight. You know, he doesn't have to go there and, you know, take, you know, say a derogatory thing about Mateus's mom, you know. He just did it in a funny way. And I guarantee you Mateus is probably laughing at it because he's he's just like, ah, you know, that guy, you know, but you know that that's that's just another way to do it you know comedy is a great way to to market yourself and promote for sure yeah i wanted to actually ask you about craig jones because a lot of times and especially like even at the who's number one like he got overshadowed by gordon being there and obviously the event the incident what happened but like he had a great performance against ronaldo that kind of nobody really talked about that much because it was all about Gordon. They they talked about it, but not that, like, you know what I mean, right? But this is a guy who's really kind of coming behind Gordon and he's he's taking matches, he's winning them fashionably. And it's like, where do you kind of see him going, especially moving forward? I mean, I, I feel like he's, 
the next big thing, you know, out of that team. Cause I feel like Gary is moving on to MMA. Um, and um, the idea was when Craig was originally with the main event and when Gordon agreed to take the Nikki match, he literally said, I will do it, but I don't want to be the main event. I don't want to take that away from Craig. So not a lot of people know that, but that's, that's a real thing. Like he, mm-hmm. he knows that he did not want to take away that, you know, main event status. He wanted all the eyes on Craig. Obviously, other shit happened that ended up, you know, and, and even Craig jokingly said, he's like, oh man, you know, Gordon couldn't handle me being the main event. He had to take it away. It's like, <laughs> hey, let me be the main yeah. event for one yeah, night. Yeah, he could do it. But, uh, you know, but uh, I mean, he's, he's going to be the main event coming up real soon. That's all I could, you know, I can't really say too much um, again. And uh, he's got a lot more, you know, cool things coming up. And I think you're going to see a lot more Craig Jones because I feel like Craig, excuse me, I feel like Craig might actually like be more willing to do whatever rule sets out there and not just ADCC. But I also think that's because he needs to like still, you know, earn those big titles and not just super fight wins. You know, Gordon Mm -hmm. is like, okay, I won the world. I don't need to do that again. Craig still has a couple of those titles to kind of, you know, win. So I feel like, you're probably going to see him compete in more rule sets than Gordon will. And I think you'll see him a lot more active, but yeah, he's got all the tools, man. Like he's, you know, for what I'm hearing, he's just a beast on the mat. And, you know, he's, he's great, man. His character, you know, I was there when he shocked the world and beat Leandro Lowe and tapped out Murillo Santana. That was, it was incredible, you know? And um, I I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, he's in a great room, you know, he's got a good, amazing uh, coach there great training partners so yeah he's just gonna keep going up and up you know do you see him going and doing like uh ibjf or like pans worlds especially with heel hooks involved in the nogi now i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him honestly now that heel hooks are in i i wouldn't i feel like he's he, he would probably be open to it i'm not saying he's going to i'm not saying that you know i've heard but i just feel like i feel like he might be open to that and maybe because he still has a couple of those titles that he wants to kind of get under his uh his resume you know we might see him do those in the future yeah yeah got anything mike or come on man i was waiting for you to say something but (laughs) but just touching on the the ibjgf and like heel hooks becoming legal now that's it what what is your take on on that now? Is step in the right direction? IBGF's trying to kind of you know evolve with the times, trying to because I, I feel like for a long time it's been a, a large hole, especially like if you've been competing exclusively in just the IBGF rule set or just leg locks in general have been a little underdeveloped in that rule set versus ADCC. They've been they've been around since day one. Uh, what yeah. what are your thoughts on the IBGF? evolving that and then even locally looking at the canadian jiu-jitsu scene i know i know how much you love the canadian jiu-jitsu scene <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing but yeah. what now the canadian jiu-jitsu scene potentially adding that into uh, their their tournament structure because they do follow the ibjjf rules set mainly yeah so i think um the the thing with the ibjjf is that what as like you know people will say what they want but they are the most professional major um event organization out there not only that they are the standard they're the golden standard of brazilian jiu-jitsu 
Mm-hmm. So in doing so, in order to be an event, you know, that you want to expand and you want to be, you know, get numbers and that's their participation event. You want to make it the safest event possible. So I think that's why you, a lot of the safety parameters in their competitions were always in place. No reaping or this or that um, I, for years. But I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like after Lachlan, Giles submitted you know, three IBJJF world champions with a heel hook at ADCC. I think that that may have been, you know, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's bracket back, as they say, you know, I think that that was the, the camel's bracket. The camel's bracket <laughs> you yeah. broke the, he broke the ADCC <laughs> yeah. absolute bracket yeah. with yeah, uh, he did. He like did. multiple I, K guard heel hooks. Exactly. Because the thing is, is like, you know, jujitsu is always supposed to be the dominant grappling art, right? Mm-hmm. And it always has been, but now you got a guy go in there and beat, you know, three IBJJF world champs with one technique. Why couldn't they handle that in a, in a, in like, you know what I mean? So there's obviously there's the need, it needed to be addressed. I think that there was a demand by the athletes. I know a lot of athletes that were saying it. And I think that like, they're, they're really smart because they don't like to do anything first. That's risky. They always like to see everyone else do it first and then kind of evaluate the situation. So I think they wanted to wait and like really get a sense of like how risky this could be by looking at other organizations do it. And I think it just, you know, I think over time they just realized, Hey, there's a demand for it. Um, we need to do this, you know, and I think it's an, an appropriate rule change. So I, I think it's awesome that they did it. Um, that being said, uh, I don't know what's going on with tournaments in Canada in general. All I can say is that I hope, that you know here in canada we follow suit if we don't that is retarded i don't know what else to say like that's there's some other nonsense about like insurance or anything it's (laughs) i don't think that's not i don't even think that's real i think it's just listen the ibgf's not doing them we're not gonna follow it Okay. I know there's been events in Ontario that have had heel hooks and I don't it think did? anybody got, I don't think anybody got sued. So die? nobody died. Okay. Okay. A whole bunch okay. of ACLs, but I don't think it, no casualties. Okay. So then game on, you know, if that's the case, then um, it looks like I, I just hope that that's what happens. That's all I'm saying. I hope that there's no, um, you know, I, I hope that there's no resiliency from, you know, people in position to to you know kind of veto that change but yeah if that happens that's amazing you know i'm all for it i, I think like no, you, sorry I to think, interrupt oh, you sorry that'll yeah, be yeah. great and then that'll be good for us because now at least we have a chance as canadian not we i don't compete anymore but like now canada the grapplers you have a chance to kind of catch up to the americans you know or like when they go to trials and stuff like that they actually can have some experience competing in their own country under a similar rule set using similar submissions. Um, whereas like, you know, Canadians, if you only fought exclusively on Ontario and you went to the ADCC trials and you're fighting Nicky Ryan first round and he's ripping your heel, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? If you don't have that experience, you can drill that shit all you want with your, your buddies after a class, but unless you're rolling and competing in that, you're not going to have that, 
um, that experience. So you're going to get hurt. So now I think it levels the playing field a little bit for the Canadian scene, which is awesome. You know, that's exactly what we want to be. I agree. There's a lot of talent that is in the local Canadian scene that, that we've talked to and I mentioned on this podcast a bunch yeah. of time. That's like on the cusp of breaking out or getting yeah. noticed by flow grappling. So my question to you is, cause a lot of them have asked like, Hey, how do I get exposure on like that next stage or how do I get to that next level? You're working for the people that they want to get exposed to. So the big question is how do they do that? The, uh, it's funny because like I've had some talks with some of the most influential coaches in the scene and some of them love stuff that we do and some of them complain. And the complaints will always be like, well, you're not covering my team enough. And when I tell the other coaches, the other coaches will say, well, if they're winning, they'll get coverage. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think the, the number one thing at Flow is, is that they cover the sport. And if you're winning – you know, the major events that they cover, you're going to get coverage. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a, it's not a favorites thing. It's so, I mean, let's be honest. Like if, if you're winning black belt worlds, if you're winning, you know, Europeans, pans, Nogi worlds, all the big events that they're at, you're going to get seen. If you're gold medal, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time. You know, if like, I've had a conversation with a guy where it's like, yeah, but like my student, you know, went to a draw with the guy that beat Johnny Grippo, but you, but Flo doesn't talk about him. And I'm like, he didn't beat him. Like, he didn't beat I mean, him. No, like, but it's just what like, it comes down to. Yeah, I'm like, he you didn't beat Johnny Grippo. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. like, and it's not even about Johnny Grippo. It's just yeah. like, do you know how many guys have the same story? You know what I mean? Like, a lot, you know? So, um, unfo- like, and I'm, I hope this doesn't sound rude at all, but it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, like if you're out there and you're winning, you're going to, you know, and they see it and they see you constantly there. You gotta, it's like that old ex- expression, you know, work so much that you don't have to introduce yourself anymore, you know? And it's not that they're, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, are there any current Canadian black belt world champions that are not getting an exposure? Am I, am I wrong? Am I off here? I don't think there's any, right? No current yeah, no. Canadian black belt world champions. No. Okay. So um, I know that some of the brown belts have been, you know, like, you know, guys like Dante, you know, have been uh, profiled, you know, and then, and I also think like, it depends on what you're winning, you know, like look at Taza and Ethan. They're out there fighting in all these pro events. They're Canadian. They're getting absolutely getting recognition on mm-hmm. flow grappling because they're choosing to do those events and they're winning those events. So they can go win the Boston Open, and they, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Or the Montreal Open, there's nothing wrong with that. Or they could try to get into Fight to Win and try to get into Polaris and try to get into, their, you know, all these other events. And, you know, that's, that's, that's where the coverage is, you know? Like, I mean, you can, you can, you can try to, you know, like it, it's, it's right there for you, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's not rocket science. So, I mean, it, it, it's hard, obviously. Uh, but if you are producing the results, they see you. It's just like sponsors, you know, like I've talked to show before and I'll say, Hey, like, you know, what about this guy and that guy? And they'll just look at me and be like, what place did he get in worlds? And if it's, well, he got third and he lost to this guy. I'm like, they're like, well, you know, they want their whole motto is like be first, 
you know so mm-hmm. they want those first place finishers and that's not an exclusive thing for sure i'm not saying that they're only going to get the first place finisher because certainly they have guys that lose but to really get their attention you got to be somebody that is you know that that first place finisher then they cannot ignore you you know so um i think that's the key you know and also just market yourself you know in a good way you know there's guys that market themselves in weird ways you know guys like going out there with like freaking unicorn blow-up dolls like you know like it's just weird there's guys that do weird stuff out there and and the cool that's cool like that's their thing but then they're going to be looked at as that's their thing you know and not for their accomplishments so i think if guys you know there's there's guys on the canadian scene that are really producing some good content um they're producing results they're 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 grinding you know i think those are the guys that are going to get the attention and then when you get those those first place finishes then it all comes together you know when they keep seeing you um i look at like uh i forget which sims it was um it was steve steve sims he did uh uh, pans recently yeah so like you know steve everyone a lot of guys know him in the area here super tough guy super super tough right and he he hadn't competed for a little while but he started to compete and you know he did adcc trials um he had a pretty tough you know loss there but he he did good you know then he was doing a little more and then people started seeing him at atos word got around and you know the more people saw him at flow the more people were like starting to rec- remember his name oh that's that steve sims that's that sims guy you know what i mean so now they know who he is they've seen him compete he's doing it he maybe he didn't get the first and the big ones but when he does boom story's that much easier does that make sense yeah absolutely 100 percent. because like I'll, I'll even say like one of the episodes on flow like that i'm fascinated with is i think is great it's the daily fresh series yeah. right like and you look at like that series alone where it's like, yeah, there's just a bunch of guys that are training in a gym, but they're training so hard. They're living in these, in, these conditions and they're winning. And that's how they're getting that. That team is winning. And that's why they're getting that recognition and that the series about them yeah. basically is because they created that culture. They created, they created uh, guys that win, but they also have a very unique story. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the oh, hundred percent too. Yeah, like there's characters there, like the you know there's, they're not just like you go to that gym and what you see there is very special. It's not your everyday gym, and I know, you know, like you know, there's always other ends of the spectrum here. Like I know some Brazilians are like, oh man, but in Brazil it's it's, it's even poorer. And it's like, come on, man, like now you're comparing whose gym is poorer? Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, man, I, I, I've seen Daily Fresh. Yeah. I think there was like a possum in the ceiling at one point yeah. or a raccoon. Yeah. yeah, those guys like like I was I was I heard about them like five years ago because Shoyro was started to sponsor him and he was telling me he kept telling me he's like oh man you guys got to check out this Daisy Fresh and um you got to check out the Pedigo and I was like ah, who are these guys and he's like man you have no idea he's like. What, what would he say? Like, like literally like in the winters, their geese would be like frozen and they would like still like literally frozen because they would, yeah. like, they would have to hang them out to get fr- air, uh, fresh air. Yeah, it gets, yeah. And they were literally frozen and they would still train in them. Like, crazy. Oh. Like, oh. so, I can't put, I can't put on a cold gi. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. So, so that got his attention, you know, and then he started sponsoring them and then they started producing results you know, that got them more sponsorships. Um, you know, we had some discussions with them 
we had some discussions with short and they were like hey guys you, you should check these guys out uh it turns out one of the guys on our content team uh was friends with them and knew their story it was like you know yeah totally i could set it up and that's kind of how it happened you know um but yeah it's they, they have results but they have a story if you're just another competitor and you're the guy that's almost winning there's not much to say you know like you gotta it's you gotta, you gotta sell yourself a little bit you gotta make yourself into a commodity you gotta have a brand you gotta have some sort of uniqueness to yourself for sure uh, absolutely i think you nailed look at, it i think look at, look at greg king look at greg king you know with his accent mysterious background his purple hat with his purple hat with his mysterious background with his selfies with his cigars man like in his own way he's built himself into a little character you know what i mean so and well if, if we're ever hiring a traffic reporter for the 401 we'll be he'll be the first one that we'll be hiring first yeah. name that comes to mind but but to touch on it in all seriousness like with daisy fresh like another example like from brazil is like cicero costa's gym yeah, like there exactly. was a bunch of killers there for years that nobody knew about because they only competed in brazil and like they had a gym that was like in the favelas and they just yeah. throw down mats in a church and they would just pull hot and go hard yeah. and over time you know they, some people know some people started slowly over time coming out of that gym, like Leandro Lowe, the Meow brothers, and they started yeah. producing results. And then, then that got attention to, you know, their story as well. And I think that's exactly. like another perfect example for those that are listening out this, trying to, you know, try to get some exposure. Basically, I think it comes down to, you gotta, you gotta win some big titles. You got, you gotta win when the, when the camera's on and yeah. you gotta have, what separates you from other people that are winning? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, Leandro's highlights, Leandro winning Copa Podio numerous times brought a lot of attention to that gym. Um, the Meow brothers, oh shit, there's these two Japanese Brazilian twins and one of them is missing a tooth and they just train all day. That brought attention, you know what I mean? So there, we were actually, um, before COVID, we were really, 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 um, considering going to Brazil to Manaus, uh, that's where my wife is from, and Manaus has produced so many tough, tough guys that no one knows about, and you know, and we were gonna go there and like profile some of the top gyms there because we just keep hearing about it. Like guys are like going there, picking like even like uh, some of the top gyms in California. They'll go to Manaus and like pick all of the top kids and like bring them to the states and like bring them on their team and, and all this stuff just because they have so much potential there because there's literally nothing else to do there. It's just like train in the equator weather, go to the jungle on the weekend and then go train. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's like, there's, there's nothing to do. There's no beach. It's just trained. No, there's no beach. You're the, you're, you know, the beach. you're in the rainforest. No. no, no. Cause it's like, it's like Rio de Janeiro. It's like, especially if you're a foreigner, you go there and you're like, Oh, you know, you, you, yeah. Like training is cool and all that, but like go to the beach or you can go to jiu-jitsu this morning. Uh, you know, you're eventually going to hit the beach at some point during the day. And then all of a sudden you have a beer and then this, and then your day is gone, you know? So it's, it's a little harder. Um, whereas in Manaus, Sao Paulo, um, they don't have beaches. It's, it's a little more hardcore, you know, and um, Manaus has this whole, like, you know, native culture there and you know the, the the indian culture there so they take a lot of pride in that whole like really really tough 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 training environments and stuff so 
yeah, that's that was a place we were going to hit up. But uh, hopefully when COVID's done, um, we could still go. I just bought a new video camera, so I want to go do some filming myself for sure. Awesome. Um, question for you uh, before we start to kind of wrap up. But um, who's number one is up on March 26th. Yeah. Big card. There's a bunch yeah. of really good matches happening. Yeah. Um, which one are you most excited for? And which one do you kind of think is going to be like the most excited? Man, they're all pretty awesome, um, to be honest with you. Like, like, uh, like the whole card, you know, top to bottom, it's really good. You know, I want to see Mikey make his no-gi comeback. You know, that'll be cool. Um, you know, getting to see Gordon against Wagner, um, Yuri and, and, and Nikki Rod. I feel like somebody's going to get flattened. You know, <laughs> just Someone, like, someone's falling off the stage at oh, some yeah. point. Yeah, no, there's no stage at who's number one. It's a flat mat. So I feel yeah. like that's even, sometimes that's even more dangerous because they, they continue to run out, right? And, mm. and, man, like Yuri is so, so aggressive, especially Nogi. Nikki Rod's a beast, um, man. You know, but I think Wagner and Gordon. You know, I really want to see. Um, I really want to see what happens there. I think that that's going to be a. I think that's going to be a cool one. You know, I, I think it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Excuse me. Um, you know, and anytime you see Gordon compete, it's always something. Like it's always something technically cool, you know, and and being able to see how Wagner's going to handle that or what he's going to try to do to Gordon should be very interesting for me. But uh, which which match are you guys looking forward to? I think there's one match on there. I think it's going to be a sleeper. It's uh, Johnny Tama versus yeah. Oliver Taza. I yeah. think that's going to – I think if there's an emoji, it's going to be rocket, moonship, fire emoji. Yep. I think both those guys are yeah. really extremely exciting styles of jiu-jitsu. And if they yeah. both come to fight, they're gonna. it's going to be a scrap. And, 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 you know, it's it, like we said earlier, you know, two Canadians, even uh, Cade Rotolo yeah. and Ethan, they're going to have the rematch from who's number one. Um, yeah. So that was under a different, we had like when we, when we first started doing who's number one, um, we were using fight to win rules, but now we kind of made our own rule sets. It's a little different. So I feel like this should be a different match. And I know that both of them were not really happy with the outcome. They like, even Cade was like, yeah, like let's run that one back. Like, I think I need to do better. And um, Ethan was like, of course. So there you go. You got two Canadians, you know, uh, fighting on, on the main stage, you know, and, and they're only there because they put the time in and, and did everything. But those two matches are going to be awesome. And, and like you said, like, man, I'm a huge Johnny Tama fan. I, I actually uh, spotted Tama and Sinistro and his crew when they were blue belts. And I introduced them to show your role. I was like, man, you got to watch these kids. They're amazing. Um, they, cause they were just doing shit that I'd never seen, like just submitting everyone, you know? And, uh, I'm, so I've been following those guys for a while. I know, you know, their instructor, uh, Soluso from Ecuador and they have, they got a big team out there and yeah, those, those two, those two matches, but it's different though. Cause like, I feel like those matches, like it's going to be a lot of like the leg entanglement, like the kiss of the, like, I just see, I, I already see it. Like, Lag entanglement, kiss of the dragon, and then and then and then and then hope something, <laughs> you know, something happens, you know. Whereas you want, you want, you want like full Italian there for a second. And then uh, and then some hopefully, you know, that somebody catches something. That's that's I don't want to see 15 minutes of like of a lot of nothing, you know what I mean? Because sometimes what happens yeah. is that the flip side of the the, the, the sub only rule set is, is like when you get the lighter guys. 
it's just constantly like movement. So when it's just two guys, like two, like salamanders just keep going like this, it's like, you don't even know who won, you know? And then I, I, I hopefully somebody does something where they actually secure a position or a really good submission. So it's not too close where, you know, no one knows who, who actually deserves to win at that point, you know? So it's going to be great, man. The whole card is sick and um, we're actually working on another card right now. Uh, so possibly, Oh, I can't tell you actually. So just stay tuned. You'll you'll. Oh. Know. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably, getting exclusive news. Oh, sorry, guys. No, but breaking we'll, breaking news. I we'll have probably, no news. We'll probably announce it at the next who's number one when the next who's number one is. That's all I can say. All right, and yeah. it'll be good. Trust me, we got some good good matches in the works. Are you gonna go down and commentate, or you gotta stay here in Canada? So they want me to go down. Uh, they've asked me to go down and commentate, but like, I don't know what's going on with like with the Canadian border right now. Like if mm -hmm. I, if I come back and I get like a, yeah. a, a false positive, then I'm stuck in a hotel. I got three kids. I can't, I, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, like if this, if the border wasn't with that scenario, I'd, I'd probably go. Um, but with it being like this, like I don't, like you, I heard you get like stuck in a hotel, and then you got to pay two thousand dollars for the hotel, and you're there yeah, it's, it's, it's something stupid, and yeah. that's until at least April twenty seventh, I think. Yeah. So, so after that, I, I think uh, after that, if that if they stop with that nonsense, I'll probably start making some trips down to who's number one to commentate and you know give everyone the golden voice that they deserve. <laughs> the golden, sexy, erotic voice. No, they're doing amazing. Uh, like right, like uh, I stay in touch with them all the time. You know, they're they're my colleagues. Um, you know, Shanji was commentating too as well, and Howell Teague is is is, is super knowledgeable. Uh, Chase Smith started jumping in there, and you know, they kind of they're like a yin and yang. So they're doing awesome too, but. You know, I, I I can't wait to be back there. I can't wait to, you know, I haven't commentated in, but actually the last event that I commentated was the first who's number one. Then that was all gi matches. And that was uh, last uh, January, I believe, or last December mm -hmm. in California. And um, so it's been a while, you know what I mean? I, I'm starting to get a little stir crazy. And I'm like, I feel like I just got to start playing matches and do some commentating just myself just so i don't get rusty when i have to go back but yeah it'll be nice to go back especially to austin texas man it's it's so cool there it is, the food is just amazing and uh it's just it's just a really cool place so uh, i definitely want to go back definitely we need the the morgan freeman of the uh, jiu-jitsu community back <laughs> narrating everyone's life that's it that's it yeah trying to trying to make my my name as the voice of jiu-jitsu but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. No, that's amazing. But, hey, Ricardo, I want to thank you so much for jumping on with us today, dropping some knowledge, especially giving us the inside scoop with a lot of different things that are happening. We definitely want to have you back on the show again. We love having you on. Um, right. Is there anything you want to close us out with? No, I, you know, thank you guys once again. You know, I think you guys are doing a really cool thing. I, I know I said this last time. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, I think, like, you guys – um, I think it's important for like all our Canadian jujitsu grappling culture to have people do what you guys are doing, you know, and I feel like, I feel like, and I could be off, but I feel like just everyone in Canada is just like doing their own thing. And I feel like you guys are doing a good job of like, you know, connecting and reaching out to different people and different demographics in the Canadian scene. 
and um, you know, keeping everything relevant and just like getting them to tell their stories. So you guys had Matt Roca. That was really cool. Um, Joel, you know, like guys like that, like there's a lot of legends in, in the Canadian scene, you know, um, guys that were fighters, guys that are coaches, guys that did stuff that no one else has done. So, um, you know, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. And then if you guys are watching or listening, you know, please feel free to check me out on my social media, my YouTube, subscribe to my channel. I got a lot of cool stuff on the way. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I have the show on flow grappling once a week, the Blaze breakdown show. So please, uh, if you're not a subscriber, I highly recommend subscribing. I'm not trying to sell you, but like, it's totally worth it. You know what I mean? Because like the amount of stuff that we have on the channel now, I mean, it, it's insane. You know what I mean? And like now we, we just signed a couple of new promotions, uh, EUG promotions and, uh, Emerald city invitational there's fight to win every week. So it's like, you know, people like they love to complain about like the, the, they're like, oh, it should be free. And it's like, okay, well, if it's free, it's going to look like shit. The athletes aren't going to get paid. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, what, what, do you, what do you prefer? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I want, want free food, a yeah, free car, like, free gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Promo like, code gonna, free 99. <laughs> exactly. So like, you know, yeah, free is, free is not always free. Free sometimes is the most expensive. So I think, you know, the, 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 the value proposition that Flow has is great, even though some people, you know, may not, like everything and you know i'm not gonna say that they're without they're, that they never make a mistake because everyone does but i think um they do a great job you know and I'm, I'm happy to be part of the team and you know if you guys support them you support me and i really appreciate that so yeah and guys if you're watching keep supporting these two dudes check them out on social media keep liking share their stuff come on guys let's subscribing gotta get Sus- there we need this channel to have more subscribers than Greg King's by the end of the year. That's the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. goal. That We're going to shut Greg King down with his purple hat. <laughs> <laughs> Squash it. In all seriousness, subscribe to Ricardo's channel. He has a, a lot of cool throwback uh, BJJ matches on there from the Gracie Chizuka yeah. tennis club days. Yeah. So uh, check, the, check those out. There's a lot of really cool old school things. Alright guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon.